I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Wiley from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Bregnell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kidinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Viggy from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiberstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK. And you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. Hey, how's it going? Welcome on to this edition of Run. I'm Brad Brown. It's good to be with you once again today. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited to be able to share today's podcast with you because uh, I love chatting to runners who are just really excited about what they're doing. And today we get to share a pretty cool story. Someone who was uh, a pretty decent athlete in their youth uh, and then picked up a pretty serious injury and didn't run for more than 30 years and is on the comeback trail, which uh, is awesome. They've just finished their first 10K, so practically starting out from scratch again. And uh, yeah, you'll hear uh, today's story. It's fantastic. We catch up with Lizanne Wistazen uh, and share a little bit about her journey and some of her goals and uh, what she's hoping to achieve. Uh, over the next 12 months here on today's podcast. I think you are going to love it. Uh, Before we get into today's podcast, just a massive thank you to the sponsor of this edition of Run. It is brought to you by Biogen. If you haven't uh, been following Hobbo's journey to Ironman 70.3 in Derbs uh, this June, uh, make sure you head back into the podcast feed uh, and listen to some of the chats we've done with Hobbo. Uh, he spent uh, his sort of festive period in New Zealand, and we'll catch up with him shortly here on the podcast as well to find out how that went. And I've been seeing some cool uh, posts on Facebook about some of the stuff that he's beginning to to do in uh, the land of the long white cloud. The good news is he has stayed active. Uh, he's got a lot of work to do in the build-up to 70.3, but uh, we're going to be helping him along that journey. And if you'd like to win yourself access to the Coach Perry Online, training platform let us know about your biogen journey use the hashtag biogen journey on the socials uh, and we could be making you a winner and giving you access to the coach perry online platform so uh, definitely check out what Hobbo is up to and definitely check out that hashtag on social media as well uh, to see some other very inspiring stories too. Uh, some more housekeeping just to get out the way as well. If you are running Comrades uh, this year, the good news is the Comrades Bonnie Tass uh, online success seminars are back. Uh, and the first one taking place as we record this, uh, it's just on a week to go. Uh, Monday, the 21st of January is when the first one is happening. Uh, But this URL, doesn't matter when you listen to this podcast, if you go to this URL, uh, the details of the next one will be there. So just go to coachparry.com forward slash webinar. Uh, The link is in the show notes to this episode as well. That's coachparry.com forward slash webinar. It'll take you through to the page. Make sure you register. Uh, And if you are running, Make sure you're there, okay? You don't want to miss out. These uh, live uh, seminars are an opportunity for you to hang out with Lindsay uh, and myself and get your questions answered in real time uh, to make sure that you get your medal uh, come Comrades 2019. So definitely check them out. That's coachparry.com forward slash webinar. Enough of me yakking in, enough of the housekeeping. Let's get straight into today's episode of Run, uh, where we catch up with Lindsay and Lazar. Well, we head to my old hometown now to catch up with another one of our members of the Coach Perry online community, Lazan Uestes. Lazan, welcome onto the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot for allowing me. Lazan, it's, it's, I'm so excited to have you on because we, we get to, to sort of help people along their journey. And your journey has been amazing to watch because you've just been, you've been like a sponge. You've been asking great questions in the forums. Uh, and uh, you, set a, you set a pretty cool goal and you've achieved it. And now you're looking to, to do what's next. Let's talk a little bit about your running because it's, it's been a while. You, you took quite a long break and now you're back and you, you are 
you are flying. I, I, growing up, were you were you a, a runner? I mean, tell me a little bit about how you got into the sport first of all. So, uh, as I said, I grew up in a small town where we didn't have a lot of opportunities for sport. So, coming from a sporty family, I really did everything that was available. So, athletics was one of the things. So, I did athletics from when I went to school. And then um, I copycat my brother. He's just a year older than me. So, I copycat him. So, if he did the 1,000 meters, I did the 1,000 meters. So, that's how it started. So, um, I went with him practicing for the 1,000 meter one day. And um, the next moment, I told my mom, I'm running the 1,000 meters. I haven't not practiced or exercised or anything. And she told me that day, listen, just one thing. If you start, you finish. Even if they lap you, you finish. So, yeah, I finished first in a new record time. Wow. I don't know if it was talent or fear. I'm not exactly sure yet. <laughs> but that's where it all started. And then I just loved it. Obviously, doing well is, is, is good for your self-esteem and all of that. And then two years later, my cousin introduced me to cross country. I was, I think, 12 years old. <laughs> and I just loved cross country from the get-go. And um, when I was 11, near so 12, 12 years old, I joined the, joined the athletics club in PE. And I was privileged enough to have a decent um, coach then, back then. And then I started doing well in cross-country, doing road races whenever I can. And I just, I loved it then, but not half as much as now. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I had it. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I was going to say, I mean, you, you ran sort of through, I'm guessing, through your teens. and But but then you stopped. Tell me a little bit about what, what was the, the reasoning behind not carrying on. And I was actually 15 years old when I got this huge injury and um, not having the rehabilitation programs available and facilities available, I totally stopped. I, had a, a, yeah, I stopped and I got fat. <laughs> And um, I tried to start again the next year, but I was so unfit by then and so demotivated and struggling. And I was struggling with my academics too. I was in um, grade 11 then. So I decided I'll, I'll have to decide. Am I going to pass matric or am I going to run? It's not both of them. Mm. So I tried to focus on my academics then. And I never started again. Although each year, I think when, when it's the comrades' time, I think, oh, my word, I wish, I wish, I wish. But it, it stayed with I wish. Until two years ago, I decided, okay, now it's time again. So I started running again, but I didn't have a decent program or decent running shoes or anything. And um, my knee didn't cooperate by then. I was in a, in a hit and run accident when I was small. And I got the knee injury from then, but my knee just didn't go very well. I think that not having the, the correct running shoes contributed hugely. So then I stopped again. And last year, I decided this is my last attempt. 
and and it's uh, uh, and after the signing last year, obviously things are going going pretty well. And I, I think yeah. a lot of people, and the reason I wanted to tell that story is a lot of people, and and I'm I struggle with it too, where you ran at one stage in your life, and for whatever reason, whether it's injury or life just gets in the way, and you get busy and you stop. It's so difficult to get going again because you almost think about what it was like when you were running in your. I don't want to say your peak, but when you were running well and almost how easy it was and you expect mentally to be at that place again. And it's as we get older, uh, as we, as uh, I mean, you, you said you, you put on some weight. I feel you. That's, that's me. Uh, it, it just becomes more and more difficult this time around. What, what's, what's been different this time around, Lisa? Okay. So I got the, um, decent running shoes again and my husband actually gave me a, a Garmin watch as a as a gift, as motivation. And I just thought, you know what, this is quite expensive. I better use this thing. <laughs> so that really motivated me. And having the, the correct uh, running shoes helped. And then I just one day decided um, I'm going to register. Uh, it was a Friday at work. And I just decided I'm going to register for park run now. And I'm going to go tomorrow. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> um, and then also, um, I had this mental thing about my knee, although it's a physical thing too. But I had this mental thing of my knee um, keeping me back. And it's always about the knee. And then when I realized it's a mental thing too, I dealt with that. And ever since, my knee is not bothering me. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, I think my cousin encouraged me to 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 get a coach carry training program to do it properly. So I did that in October last year after running on my own, doing my own thing, but having had help from um, my life coach in terms of heart rate stuff that I knew nothing about. So I joined the coach carry platform in October and I followed the 10k finisher program. And that's it. And you did your first ten. Like yeah, I mean, we we've sucked you in properly on this one, and and you did your your first ten k back in in forever, uh, just a, a short while ago. Tell tell us how it went. So, um, yeah, it was actually um, the fifth of January, so it was like a week ago. Um, I actually enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I really struggle with my pacing. I tend to start too fast, and I knew it. But I think the moment was, uh, it was such a great moment being there and being in a race since the first time in 32 years. I was so excited. I was so nervous. It's <laughs> But I was so nervous, but it was lovely. I enjoyed it so much. And at the stage, I really thought I was on for a sub-60. I really thought I was, but I just I couldn't keep it up. It, it, but I, I really loved it. 
That's awesome. Well, that sub-60 is going to come. I've got no doubt you uh, are, are, are one of the people in, in that platform who follows the programs religiously. You ask, like I said, you ask great questions. We've got the coach here as well. Lindsay, Lindsay's with us. Uh, and I know you've got lots of questions for him, so I'm not going to hog the limelight anymore. I'm going to hand you over to Lindsay. Lindsay, how awesome is, is Lazan's story? I mean, coming back after, I don't want to give your age away, Lazan, but coming back after a while and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, I, I speak from experience and to, to, to have your comeback race uh, just over 60 minutes in a 10k is fab and and the bug has really bitten yeah look it's it's fantastic and it really look to be honest it's it's besides the the one little piece of of information that she knows is that she knows that she used to be a good runner it's no different to anyone else who's never run in their lives to be honest it's been so long since those days that that you, you you actually are the same and that, and that is why you were so nervous and and at the same time although you you weren't competitive in the sense of thinking you could win the race you also couldn't that old competitive wanting to be the best runner you could be I mean that's never going to die so that's why you had this excitement to be back at a race and to really push yourself and then on the other side you um, obviously had these this anxiety which any normal beginner would would have so no, it's really cool and look it's it's extremely motivating for people who have never run before uh, and who want to 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 hear these kind of stories and that's exactly why we have you on here today cool Lizanne questions for Lindsay let's let's get you get you sort of uh, onto your next one and and while that excitement's still there let's uh, let's see what we can do okay my first question would be my concern about my shin um Thursday before the race, I, I suddenly felt my shins are hurting. Now, I never had any injury in that regard, so I don't really know what it is. I just know it's uncomfortable. On race day, I didn't have any problem, um, but suddenly the week after the race, my, my, one, my right shin is really hurting, so I took a bit of a rest, and... Um, I couldn't resist running this morning again. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not that sore anymore, but it's still there. So I'm just concerned because I'm, I'm, I'm at the too fragile stage to just not train because I'm too scared. I, I, I miss out too much, but also I'm, I really need to stay injury-free as much as possible. So I don't know where the balance is. I don't know what I'm doing the ice thing and I'm doing the rolling the calves thing. So I'm not sure should I rest more or should I just push through or what should I do? So I I would keep up with the the icing and the rolling. That's good. Um, I'm going to time my answer into another one of your questions um, that you sent through because we, we I, I do know some of the questions you're going to ask but one of the, the things that you're struggling with is the pacing now mm. this this is part of the reason why the pace is set up like it is set up now you've had an extremely good start here and you got very close to running under an hour so you know just based on the result my instinct was to say to you okay well now you have to train for a sub hour and I do feel like that is still the right thing for you to do, but in order to reduce the the stress on your your 
shin, which is, you know, the stress is on your whole body, but your shin is obviously the place that's the weakest. And so therefore it's, it, it's experiencing um, some sort of mild injury at the moment, which could get worse if we don't do something about it. So part of that is to make sure that we, we run slower. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've explained this quite a few times over the last few weeks, and I, I really don't mind explaining again because it really is so important. For you to improve as a runner, you need to do certain workouts at certain paces. And when we're doing our aerobic workout, we are working in a band that's kind of related to your ability right now. Now, at the fast end of that band, you're going to improve that aerobic capacity to a similar degree to what you're going to improve it at the slow end of the band. But the big difference is that at the slow end of the band, you're going to put your body under much less stress mm. and therefore are less likely to get this sort of um, injury you know, uh, or, or shin splints. Having said that, shin splints and ITB are the two most common beginner running injuries um, and as you know, I, I said in, in my sort of intro is that you really are a, be, a beginner so so what to do about it moving forward so the first thing is is that we need to drop the intensity slightly okay carry on with the icing carry on with the, the rolling now if we start running this week and as this week and next week progress if you can feel that the shin is not getting any better or if you can feel actually even worse that it is actually progressing, then we need to seek uh, probably some physio treatment and possibly just have a look at your, your shoes because you've built up really slowly and that 10K finishes program that you went on, that was quite slow. And, um, and then some, some strengthening exercises, particularly around the glutes and the quads those are kind of your, your most important muscles in terms of, I know the injury is down at the shin and that doesn't make sense, but effectively if our, if our glutes and, and quads aren't really strong and our, our hips dropping or our knee is dropping in, what that does is it causes like a twisting of the, the tibia and that is ultimately what then causes the, the, the stress fracture. Having said that, as you build up, slowly and, and become a stronger runner, it's much less likely that you will get shin splints. Um, so, yeah, so th that's kind of where I would be now. Obviously, the worst case scenario here for me is that uh, you need a little bit more rest and you've got to start getting onto a stationary bicycle, which, you know, runners love to do. But um, <laughs> that's your worst case scenario. So I think this week I would progress. Um, I would start on the sub ten, um, the sub hour ten k program, and it's mm -hmm. and then kind of be, get into the forums. Let us know how it's progressing, and then you may need some physio. Um, uh, you know, towards the end of the week, we'll we'll see how how you respond. Great. And I started the strength training program last week. Okay, great. So I think that's also going to make a, a difference, but obviously that's going to take some time for you to feel the impact. Yeah. Cool. Next question. Sorry. My next question is, um, I, would, I, I know it's, it, I'm still a long time ago um, away from, from my ultimate goal, but my, ne my head needs planning. 
and I need to keep myself excited. So I would like to know my build-up because I said my goal is to do um, a, a by the end of the year, a few off marathons, but I really would like a decent time. I just, I'm just competitive. So I don't just want, not that I say finish is just finish, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so my question is my build up. How should it, should I focus on um, getting faster on a 10K before moving to um, half marathon and then the same, getting faster on the half marathon before moving to the marathon? Or should I go for um, endurance and then speed? Which one comes first? No, so I, I would prefer if we worked on the, the getting you fast over the short stuff. So that's why for me in the immediate short term, I'd like us to go under um, 60 minutes for 10Ks, uh, which look, you, you, you're so close that, I, that next time out, even to be honest, even without a training program, I think you would do it. But I just, I think another... 10k program will also just allow your body to strengthen a little bit more mean that your your injury risk is that much lower after that so that would take us up to around about march april um and then yes i think we need to move up to the half marathon and then running halves and tens they're not mutually exclusive the, the nice thing about once you're training for for the half marathon is that you can use you mentioned park runs earlier but you can use park runs and 10k's races as part of that that uh, 12 week build up because your body is going to be a whole lot stronger so when you do do a hard race like that as long as you're not doing it every single weekend you're going to recover from that quite quickly so in the build up to your first half you might do two park runs and a 10k as part of that, that build-up. So you will still be improving your, your 5 and 10K speed. And my gut feeling, but we'll see, we can have a look and see how you progress through the year. My gut feeling is that you'll probably do two halves, so that, and that will take us through to the end of the, the, the year um, because then you know, we'll go to March, then March to June. Actually, then there will still be there will be chance for either a third half, depending on where you are and how you're feeling, or moving to the marathon. And look, I, I will probably lean to let's see if we can do another half, just because I know I know what the ultimate goal is, but I also know that in South Africa we just we just want to go longer, 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 longer. But certainly the potential is there to to then tick off a marathon before the end of this year. Or if it's going really well to really see how fast can we go over 10 and 21 case. Yeah, because it, I, know, I, I still don't know if it's a realistic goal or not. I'll figure that out along the way. <laughs> but um, And that is um, connected to my next question about comrades. Um, my, my plan is actually to, to try not to try to do my first comrades in 2021. Only then, initially, it was about the uprun and the knee, but that's out of the way now. So, but um, I'm just wondering if if I should stick to that and, and build up gradually and give myself a chance of really doing a nice comrade because, yeah, again, I, I don't want to finish just in time. Um, or maybe... 
the thought came of running, maybe running, try and run the comrades next year, although it's a down run, and experience the vibe and get used to not be, being um, overwhelmed and just enjoy it. And then the next year, which will be the upfront 2021, try and so, go for it. I, I wouldn't make that decision now. I would, mm-hmm. I would make that decision probably around September this year. And even if you do not run a marathon this year, that's, that still wouldn't, to me, rule out doing comrades next year. I think if you spend this year doing mostly, you know, training for 10s and then 21s and getting three or four 21s under the belt, but in particular, if those 21s start getting down to quite reasonable times, the confidence to know that you'll be able to do a, a decent comrades will come from that. And, and qualifying only needs to happen somewhere between the last week of February and the middle of March or beginning of March is probably ideal. So ultimately you will have that decision will actually have, you'll definitely have to make it by the the end of the year because then we'll move you on to a 12 week marathon program. But I think let's wait and see where you go. How much are you enjoying 21s? How confident are you? And those kind of, that, that question will answer itself depending on how the progress goes over the next six months. Okay. Awesome. Um, I've got my list here. Sorry, I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, park runs again. I really love park runs, and, and it's where it started again for me this um, last year now. So um, at the moment, I'm not doing any park runs, walking the odd one because it, it doesn't fit into the training program that I had, and I, I really I like to stick to the program. <laughs> so um, how can I incorporate park runs in, in my new training program, if possible? Otherwise, I'll just volunteer, but I need to go to the park run. <laughs> so, no, look, you absolutely can incorporate them, and I would say that at the beginning – you could probably look. You can definitely go and run a hard park run at least once every four weeks. So that's the minimum here. Yeah. But I would go as far as say that as soon as we're happy with the shin and the shin is settled down, that we could probably incorporate that every second week. Um, and once we get through the next training block of twelve weeks and into our third block of twelve weeks, I'd go as far as say that you could probably run a park run hard three out of four weeks. Um, and and it would it'll be like your speed work session. So you you could certainly look. You could definitely incorporate it as just an easy run. If you go down there and, and you just want to feel the vibe, and and then of course you can you you can do that every week, no problem. Um, but we can also incorporate it as a as a bit of speed work. And that hard five k will be a lower risk at initially than doing intervals um, because the five k's although you your tendency is to start too fast. There's still enough um, self-inhibition to to control that start that it does actually provide a safe way to do speed work. So, so at Parkrun, we can definitely find a whole lot of ways to incorporate that into your training, especially if it's going to keep help help you stay motivated and help you to motivate other people. I mean, then we, we must do that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, okay, my next question is about nutrition. 
Okay. Um, I can't remember because it's really too long ago what uh, my mum gave me when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I remember bananas. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure, and I, I don't think it's a bigger issue just now, but going forward, I'm not sure about nutrition because um, I'm a very sweet dude, so I really try to get get rid of that sweet tooth. But um, carbs also. Carbs, um, I don't do very good on carbs. Okay. I will increase my weight in a rapid way if I if I go the heavy carb way. So I'm not sure I'm not sure how to deal with it at the moment. So I'm gonna answer that by making two or three comments really. And the the, the first and most important comment to that is that human beings are extremely adaptive. So we tend to adapt fairly well to most things. Um, but we also at the same time can tell what is good slash bad for us because of the response that we have. So if you eat a ton of carbs, you blow up like a balloon. So you know, okay, that's not for me. So what do we do about that in terms of exercise? Well, we know that we know that until you want to start really pushing the, the performance envelope, that carbs aren't actually that important as a, a fuel a fuel source. We can we actually burn fat um, much more efficiently, and, and carbs are needed when we want to rev very high. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that you can probably eat fairly normally what you're accustomed to eating, uh, and then when we start to to introduce a few months down the line when you start introducing much harder workouts or you start to race uh, much harder for distances of 21Ks and longer, then we do need to supplement with a little bit of, of um, carbohydrates. And in that sense, then we will use more simple sugars. Then we look at it in terms of what I call in exercise and between exercise. Now, between exercise is everything that happens 30 to 40 minutes after exercise stops all the way until the next exercise starts. So between exercise, you do exactly what you're doing, which is to avoid the, the simple carbohydrates and to have some but limited carbohydrates for the rest of the day. And then in exercise, and that is high intensity or that lasts longer than an hour and a half, we will then supplement with with um, sugary drinks, gels, you'll practice with those things and find the things that work for you because those are what you're going to use on race day. In terms of what did your parents give you and the sort of meals the night before and the meals that you eat in the morning before, you know, that stuff is my, – my, my parents gave me pro-nutro. So for years I thought that the only thing you could chow before doing exercise, whether it's football, rugby, or athletics – was pro neutro. That is it. Nothing else works. And that goes back to, to that point where we adapt to, to what we what we use. Now a lot of people can have nothing in the morning before they run. Like even if they practice it, race morning, they're so nervous and sick they can't eat anything. So therefore again, my advice is that in the exercise we must make sure that we do all the right things. Of course if you can eat and the race nerves don't really bother you and you don't mind waking up two and a half hours before the race to eat because that's 
also part of the problem. You don't want to be eating, wake up an hour before the race and you eat and then you're running with a full stomach. But then you just, the things that you're used to, you don't do anything new on race day. You eat what you normally eat before you exercise. And the night before you, 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 you race, you eat what you used to eat. You know, so I, I watch people sometimes and cringe. I mean, they, they, they eat meat and potatoes their whole life. And then the night before, they must now have a very creamy, rich pasta. I mean, that's just not going to make you feel good the next morning. So stick to the foods that you know and that you used to eat. Okay, awesome. I just want to check quickly if there's something else. I think we covered a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's it. That, that it? was all my questions for now. Brilliant <laughs> Until stuff. 10 minutes after we're done. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, the good the good news is, chances are you are going to have questions as soon as we hang up. But uh, you can pop them you can pop them in the forum and we'll get them answered there. So uh, there's definitely a place to go. Lizanne, we we love having you in the community. You are, I mean, I think everybody loves reading your posts. You're just so excited, and and we all sort of live vicariously through you. Uh, and yeah, it's amazing what you've done. Well done. You should be you should be super super proud. Thank you. I appreciate. <laughs> Lindsay, parting shot from you. Anything you want to add, or yeah, just just keep it up. I mean, it's really it's in in, in some respects it's actually harder to start again when you know you used to be good, um, because in in a way, in some way, you, you're a little bit embarrassed by what you've let uh, happen. Um, and so it's really awesome that you did get up, and it's even better that it's that it's made you so excited. And I think that's actually when I read your post on Facebook about how absolutely chuffed you were with running your 10 cows, like that's what's running. That is exactly what running's about. There are only three people who can stand on the podium, but there are 5,000 other people running the race. And that's exactly what it's about. So um, yeah, just, just keep it up and keep inspiring the people around you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, in the beginning, it was really hard because I used to compare myself to way back when, and now I'm older and all of these. But running a, a first, my first park run was 38 minutes, and I used to, my worst run was like in 19 minutes something. And that was really hard. <laughs> but yeah. then again, I, I realized it's a mental thing. You have to get over it because you can – Keep on comparing yourself to what used to be. And I'm not going to be that fast again. I'm older now. Exactly. Um, and when I got over that, I started to enjoy it again. And, and as I said in my email now, I really enjoy it much more now than I did way back then when I was actually good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's exciting. I love it. I love it. Well, Lazan, we'll, we'll catch up in the forums. Thank you so much for, for being so candid today and, and sharing your journey. And we, we can't wait to see what you do in the next 10K and 21 and, and beyond that. I know Lindsay said, let's not set the long-term goals today. It's going to come later. But uh, yeah, we know we know where you want to go. And uh, yeah, if you just keep on keeping on and following the process like you are, all of that all of that will happen. So well done. Definitely. Thanks a lot. I enjoy it very much. How cool is that? I absolutely love that, man. I've got such a smile on my face after uh, listening to that. <sighs> man, I'm fired up. I don't know about you. Start of a brand new year. Uh, some cool things happening in 2019. And uh, yeah, 
hopefully that inspired you uh, to make some decisions for this year as well. If you need some help, make sure you head over to coachperry.com, our website. You can get all the details there. We've got some amazing uh, training programs in our online platform. Uh, make sure you check it out. Okay, coachperry.com uh, is where you can get all the details. While you're on that website, just go to forward slash webinar. That's coachperry.com forward slash webinar to sign up for the next uh, Coach Perry online success seminar with Bonnie Tass and Comrades. Your chance to ensure that you get your comrades medal, and also use the hashtag #BiogenJourney on the socials uh, to make sure that uh, we pick you up, and uh, we could be giving you access to our online training platform. That's uh, hashtag #BiogenJourney. Let us know what your journey is this year, what you are up to, uh, and we could be making you a winner. Until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, and the coach. Have yourself a good one. We'll chat soon. Cheers. Mm-hmm.